inside the one-yard line. So now McCaffrey going to go under center. Keeps it, keeps it himself, leans right, and that is... He's in. It'll be a touchdown. They're unpiling everybody. No signal yet. Touchdown, Nebraska! Luke McCaffrey's first rushing touchdown of the season, and Nebraska has grabbed a 6-0 lead. Look at that. Coach Frost sets up in the shotgun, and he walks right up underneath. Little quarterback sneak. Got six inches. Touchdown. Touchdown, Nebraska. Touchdown. Touchdown, Nebraska. Touchdown. Touchdown. Touchdown, Nebraska. Touchdown. I like it. It's It's fun. Fun, isn't it? It's it is. fun. Touchdowns are fun. Touchdowns. Touchdowns are fun. <laughs> that was that was yeah. too delayed for that was not that was you know listen Greg Sharp loves all touchdowns but the ones that you got to unpile the pile and it's a delayed signal on whether or not it's a it's a touchdown he doesn't like that at all. No, but he wants to get in there with the touchdown touchdown. You know he wants to do it right away. <laughs> And when you have to delay, that's not that's not, that's not fun at all. To do. That's not what Greg wants to do. That's not what he wants to do, Matt. <laughs> I tell you, there was uh, there, there's another call there, by the way, that someone sent me that made me really happy. And oh, no. have you heard this one? This was sent. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. There's just a lot of good things. This was sent from Max uh, Hawksmeyer, and he just, <laughs> in his Twitter bio, it says, business grad from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, working in the 402 from Orleans, Nebraska, Miss Bo Pelini. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, this was another call. This is courtesy of the Husker Sports Network. Wide receivers each way. Clifford gets the snap. Zone read, back to throw, being rushed, gets hit, fumbles the football, Pick it it's up. picked up yes. by Nebraska, racing toward the goal line, and scoring is Deontay Williams. Deontay Williams knocked the ball free, scoop and score. It's all Nebraska right now in Lincoln. 23-3, big red. Yes! That's going to go down as our Big Mac sack. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, there's so many good things. There's a lot that happened there. There's a lot. So many things. Matt, Matt, Matt Davidson's yes is just yes. So this is now added to the lexicon of when you want to say yeah or you agree with something. Hey, you want to uh, you want to go see a movie Friday night? Yes. Uh, hi, do you, uh, would you like fries with that? Yes! <laughs> Matt, you don't need to scream at me. I just asked if you wanted a, if you wanted a booth. Yes! And I love, at the end, I mean, it had to be, the, oh. it had to be sponsored. It, it, and that's going to be our Big Mac sack! <laughs> that's going to go down as our Big Mac sack. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if there were seven different parts of that play that were sponsored? 
just how great that would be. That is, that is and and that quarterback pressure brought to you by Dorothy Lynch. He's, Sean Clifford fumbles the football. That forced fumble brought to you by Skeeter Arts. He picks it up. That that fumble recovery brought to you by Runza. It's not too far off. It's really not too far off. Here, you do it. You do it with uh, with so many things because you could probably rattle off a half dozen more companies. Oh my god! Snapback, Sean Clifford, brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean Board. He's going to get strip sacked. That strip sack's brought to you by Uber Eats. If you want to eat with a touchless delivery, then you need to call 402-444-4444. And Deontay Williams is going to run past the 15-yard line, brought to you by Dorothy Lynch. And then he's going to score a touchdown. And that touchdown is brought to you by Skeeter Barnes, Buck Naked Barbecue Sauce. So good, you don't need sauce. It's a touchdown. And the brass is going to win a football game. Matt Davidson, what did you see on that play? Yes. That analysis from Matt Davis is brought to you by... Buffalo Wild Wings. So good you need sauce. Touchdown. It's a touchdown Big to Brass. Big Mac sack. Big Mac sack. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, so good and so true. Hey, oh, I mean, has huge, anyone, huge play, Greg. Huge. Has, has anyone really checked in on Matt Davison and how he's doing? I mean, <laughs> this dude has to be. I mean, listen to how bad. He needed Deontay Williams to strip sack, scoop, and score. Oh, yeah. Listen, like he just left it in there. It's all Nebraska right now in Lincoln. 23-3, big red. Yes. <laughs> How many times has a grown adult, like that's what you would tell Cohen if like, guess what, pal, we're ordering pizza. Yes. Like, like he's a grown adult. Like, yes. Right. You're right. I don't think there are grown adults who yell yes. It's always like, yeah, yeah. or oh, hell yeah, or yes, sweet. Uh, oh, great. Thanks, man. Awesome. But no one ever goes, yes, yes, yes. Oh, that is just, I mean, I feel like. So good. I, I'm so happy for him. Matt, I'm happy for Greg. I love Matt, Greg. Matt. I mean, so much Skeeter Barnes buck naked barbecue sauce going on right now. I mean, they were just probably. Popping instead of popping champagne and pouring on each other, they were popping Skeeter Barnes buck naked barbecue sauce, pouring it on each other in celebration. <laughs> but Matt Davidson has to be losing his mind, right? I mean, he's always invested in Nebraska football, right? But this is a different oh, level yeah. of inv- investment when it's your best friend and you're like involved in the day to day operations and you can't watch the game. Like Jason Peters got to be in his house, just, I mean, just inanimate objects getting tossed everywhere that's right he has to be in front of a microphone just wearing his emotions on his sleeve i mean matt has got to be losing his mind is he yes yeah <laughs> yeah i mean without matt davison there is no scott frost and without scott frost there hasn't been miserable seasons yes <laughs> how dare you no, just kidding you are just kidding <laughs> so good it's just so good oh, so happy man. for everyone so happy. Yes. Yes. I mean, seriously, that is like, we're going to Chuck E. Cheese. Yes. <laughs> Unlimited token night, Greg. Yes. <laughs> Greg, can I have one more piece of candy? I promise I won't ask for any more Halloween candy. Can I have just one more? 
I suppose, Matt, you can have one more. One more piece of candy. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. That's got to be a Big Mac sack. Big Mac sack. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember when it used to be touchdown herbicide back in the day? Touchdown herbicide? That's as bad as, you know, it's just, you know, and I mean, shouts out to Five Points Bank if they ever want to sponsor this podcast. But what is really unfortunate is how they did, I mean, Creighton Basketball's three-point Baskets are brought to you by Five Points Bank. So, I mean, John Bishop is just over here losing his, like, that three-point, five-point bank, three-point, it's just a lot of points going on here. That's a five-point bank, three-point bank shot to put them up by three points And you can take that five points bank, swish to the bank for a three-point shot. You're like, wait, (laughs) What happened? Did They've he- done it again! They have done it again! <laughs> All right. All right. John! All right, Bishop. This is gracious. <laughs> this is good. This is good. I like what we're doing here. Oh, Huge call. Is that you're not facing Siratella in this inning, the lefty. And, of course, we know McGraw has better success against righties. The one-two pitches swung on and missed. He struck him out. One away. <laughs> Whoa, did he rev the engine? Hey. He struck him out. One away. It's almost like he's good. he's winding up to a here's Johnny. He <laughs> struck him out, one away. <laughs> He's auditioning for Ed McMahon. <laughs> Seriously, if you just played that, like, is he going to say he struck him out or here's Johnny? You're not totally sure. He <laughs> struck him out, one away. All right. All right. That was back in the day when 1620 broadcast play by play through a phone line. Yeah, that was a little shaky, right? Yeah. Good job, everybody. Yep. Um, Well, that'll do it for us. Good podcast. Nebraska beats Penn State 30 to 23. All right. We'll catch you next time (laughs) on Shake and Nick. That's it. Shake and Nick. Yes. Shake and Nick. Yes. (laughs) Here we go. Yes. Yes. All right. I guess we know what the title of this podcast is. Yes. This is going to be Yes. Oh, Matt. What grown adult has said yes like that ever in the history of mankind? Yes. <laughs> um, I will say, I just want to give a shout out and a high five to Mitch Sherman. Didn't have to wait for him to ask the right questions. He was there. He was asking them all over the press conference. But we need to give a shout out and a high five to the guys that were humping the cotton candy. Didn't have to wait in line. They were there. <laughs> It was all over the park. So Mitch yes. Sherman, after the game, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that should have been the response. Yes. <laughs> Mitch Sherman, after the game ends, Stilly gets to Levis. That will do it. Nebraska is going to win the football game. <laughs> that was Mitch Sherman's tweet. And then someone had responded, why do you sound so negative? You know, I, and that person has since deleted the tweet because Mitch responded with, I don't think you understand, and then added Schick Nick Show. Yes, that's so good. <laughs> Nebraska's going to win the football game. Nebraska's going to win a football game. I bet it felt real good. 
for Greg to let that one out. I got, I feel bad. I mean, I got 65,000 tweets during the game. Just like all I can think about is Greg Sharp. All I can think about is Greg. All I can think about is you saying touchdown. And, uh, like, I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, I mean, there's like, it's just from yesterday, Jimmy tweets, skier bars, buck naked barbecue sauce. So good you can eat it without the sauce. <laughs> There's one from Mumsky that says it's it's not about yards, it's about points, ma'am, part due, which isn't accurate, but it's fine. Yeah, the other way around. It's not about yards, ma'am, it's about points. <laughs> People just saying they can't listen to these broadcasts without <laughs> that red zone stop was brought to you by Skeeter Bars. That's John Rory. <laughs> We did that one. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this one was, uh, this tweet says, and Nebraska just won the football game. Barbecue sauce. Greg, did you just say barbecue sauce? <laughs> yes, it did. And this other guy, Nickster, tweets, I can't stop saying, and Nebraska's going to win the football game. Um, so, anyway, Nebraska did win the football they did. game. And, yes. And it was exciting. It was good. <laughs> It was good. Matt! We need to check in with Matt Davidson. I need to text him and be like, bro, how you doing? Do we like you need you need to take some it's a vacation or what? Matt, you doing all right? Yes! Jeez, <laughs> right, it's been four days. Just okay. chill. All right. Relax. Just one win over a winless Penn State. Right? Back it down a notch. Yeah. Um so anyway, uh, let's not beat around the bush here. Uh, Northwestern looks pretty legit. Yeah, they do. You know, I think Northwestern's second-best team in the Big Ten. That's no doubt. Um, so uh, I guess let's dive into this here. Indiana. No, um, <laughs> yes! So You want to talk about Bud Crawford with the right hand Ooh. introducing him to the Sandman? You want to talk about that? Do they still use the phrase Sandman for putting so. someone to sleep? They should. Yes! Uh, Matt does. There's no question. There's no question about that. But we'll get to it. <laughs> Introduce him to the Sandman. The he did. He, he obliterated him. He did. Um, so, Nebraska wins the football game. <laughs> <laughs> and... They're doing some good things. I mean, they have some plays to wish they could have back. For the most part, they're doing some good things. They yeah, have some the second halves to wish they could have yeah. back. Doing some real good things. He's doing some good things out there. He's doing some good things. I thought they did some pretty good things. I thought we did some good things. We did some good things. It felt, uh, and you hate to say, you know, you hate to draw too many yeah, huge right. conclusions, yeah, right? Like, right. this is the turning point that the program has been waiting for since Bo Pelini was fired. Not so many years ago, this will go down in history as Nebraska's benchmark moment where championships were won. Uh, I'm not ready to go to that, but this did have a different feel to it. And I think even as the Penn State was coming back, I don't know how you felt, but Keller was like, oh, are we going to lose this? I was like, no, I think Nebraska's still going to win the football game. Like, I just... (laughs) I still felt that way, even when they're driving, like they're going to win the football game. And it just felt, it just had a different, I don't know, feel to it. There's a lot of impressive things about it. And I think if you could draw up a win 
where there was a lot to be happy about and a lot to uh, draw positivity from, yet enough to work on to make you go, yeah, we're far from a finished product. I think this would have with this would have been that game. I see. I when Levis spun off, he, when he evaded the sack from Garrett Nelson and threw the seventy-four yard bomb. You better believe my inner monologue was Nebraska is not going to win a football game. I, it felt like here Which, we by go. By the way, again. his name is Pat Fryermuth or Muth, however you want to say it. Not Fryer's Muth. Okay, I heard okay. that a lot on the call. All right. Okay, all right. Okay, I just, I just want to. Is it Fryermuth? Yes. Right. Thank, Thank you, Matt. Pronunciation. Right, it's brought to you by Webster's Dictionary. <laughs> Big Mac sack. <laughs> brought to you by Webster's. <laughs> You go to the T section and you go deeper into it. You find touchdown. Touchdowns to find it. Scoring the ball, getting six points in a football game. And this specifics with that football game, I think Nebraska's going to win a football game. <laughs> Touchdown is defined by six points in Nebraska. <laughs> So Big Mac Shack. <laughs> all right. So all right. stupid. Okay. 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 What was that? Oh, uh, uh. <laughs> oh, oh right. God. Okay. Um, right. No. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I don't think you'd be like, you know, OperationTurningPoint.com, log on for more information. I mean, I don't, I don't know about that, but it had been 357 days since Nebraska won a football game. 51 weeks? I mean, like, think that about that, that for a second. We've talked about this before the season started. Like, the only way to become a winning program is to win. And, like, you, it has to start somewhere. And you've got to start finding a way to win these games, you know? I mean, and so this is a step forward in, in that regard. Like, it doesn't mean they, they officially have arrived, right? Like, they, they have, but they can draw upon this for confidence and kind of ridding yourself of, oh, God, here we go again. We're going to lose. Here we go. And I, I, you know, you look at this game and, I don't know, you look at Michigan, you look at Minnesota, you look at even Penn State now, like, you Dirk wrote about it, and I think he's not being too full of hyperbole. And, like, there's a chance you lose that game. You might lose this, the team for the season, you know, like, because mm-hmm. you keep losing these games. It gets harder to sacrifice your social life and grind and all those things. So I, I do think it was it was important in that regard. To, at some point, they got to they gotta find a way to, to get over the hump in some of these games here because that game had a lot of the same ingredients that we've seen before where Nebraska was in control and they they let it slip and they end up on the wrong side of things. So I just – I mean, because there's a lot of – we got to talk about Luke, but, like, Schick, this defense has taken a, taken big steps forward. Like, I mean, the re, you, you look at them, first of all, they're forcing turnovers. You know, they, they had, had two turnovers against Northwestern. Mm-hmm. They forced two turnovers against Penn State. They scored a, a defensive touchdown, the Big Mac sack, which Matt Davison approved of. Big Mac sack. Yes. So, <laughs> and then you held Northwestern to 21 points, and you held Penn State to 23 points. And, and then I also think there's an element of, like, I think Nebraska's physicality on defense has really improved. They're not mm-hmm. getting pushed around as much as they used to I think they are really they're they're hitting people um sometimes too much with various targeting problems going on in the back seven so I just 
I think the the encouraging thing, and and I guess obviously when Scott Frost is at is is the head coach and his you know his expertise is on the offensive side of the ball, that's where a lot of the focus goes. And talking about offense and quarterback just is easier and more fun to do. But kind of lost in all of the hey, what is going on with the offense and what's going to happen at the quarterback? Like the other side of the football has taken massive strides. I mean, they're not the '95 black shirts by any stretch, but they have absolutely improved, and I think that is is super duper encouraging. This was a game maybe in the last year or two, or even in the last ten years, would have given up a couple of those red zone touchdowns, no those yeah. fades, those you know, jump balls and the physicality of the defensive backs in the corners and Boodle and company. I mean, it just was very encouraging to see where they weren't going to give anything up. They weren't playing scared, right? They weren't playing scared. Sometimes when you're a little scared on the defensive side of the ball, you're not playing as aggressive because you don't want to get beat yet. That wasn't the case here. And so there's something to be said for that. Um, Yeah. I thought, uh, you know, if there's one side of the ball that you believe no matter what is going to get better, it's the offensive side. And so that being said, if you can get the defensive side just to bow up and be tough and just be good enough, then, you know, you fast forward a year or two or three down the line and you feel like this team's going to be decent, you know, yes. ha- halfway decent and good enough to score enough points to win something of significance. I don't know what that is, but... But something, and we didn't feel like this program was very far off, but we did talk about how, hey, you had to be Penn State because it could really slip away from you. If you don't, you could win one game the rest of the year, and that would be it. And now, now that you've got that win, and now you're certainly playing for more than Illinois is, uh, that Iowa game is certainly a swing game that can define a season. That's going to be a, and, that's gonna be a brawl. There, yeah, I, I still think it, Iowa's pretty good. It is. Yeah, yeah that's going to be... You know, Iowa is kind of the ugly stepchild of Wisconsin in terms of just how they play. Yeah. Not as not as big, not as good, but but right there. And then Purdue and, and Minnesota. Now you have now you have a legitimate shot to be four and four. Yeah. And and that's really all you could ask for. But there's a lot of good signs. Um, thought it was great that uh, Frost ripped his mask off and jumped on his team in the <laughs> in the locker room. I like the fact that you said you retweeted that video of Scott Frost jumping into his his um, team's uh, arms, and then you said winning is fun, and then someone responded with, "I like it. It's fun. I like it. It's it's fun." <laughs> That's really is the best way to describe winning. I like it. It's it's fun. It's, it's just the, you can just feel the excitement. In the description of what winning is, you know, there was a, uh, you know, th- this program has had wins before under Scott Frost over the last couple of years. But we talked last week about how just getting that ball rolling with a win and just, and now you've got a chance to get back to back wins for only the fourth time under Scott Frost. And they should coming up next week against Illinois. And then, and then after that, who the heck knows? But it's just something. You, you know, you have to use this year to build something and you might have found something at quarterback you found something defensively and then you know if you if you find a, an extra weapon there on offense Man. outside of Wandale then there might be you know Xavier Betts certainly showed something I mean there's young pieces that as long as they can show something enough in practice to play then you'll start to see good signs and feel better about the future and and maybe that was the start of it on Saturday. yeah I, I don't think there's any question that there are still big personnel issues on offense like 
the the running back situation is really interesting. Now, I know Mills got apparently dinged up, but like here we are three games in and Mills hasn't really done much. I I don't I'm not blown away by any of the young running backs that we've seen Marvin Scott and Tompkins and Ramir Johnson. And now all of a sudden you're finding yourself having to put Wandale back at running back, which I'm not necessarily opposed to because heck, at least it gets him the ball and it makes him a factor in these games. I mean, you watch the Ohio State game and the Northwestern game. He didn't, he was a non-factor and fingerprints could not be found from one Wandale Robinson they did the crime scene of the entire field, nothing on Wandale. But his fingerprints were all over the, the game on, on Saturday against Penn State. But there's, I mean, then the wide receivers, there's just still not, there's nobody that's really stretching the field. Um, so, I mean, there's, Nebraska's far from a perfect team. At, oh, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, they're perfect. Uh, they're, they're just right there with the Bama or Ohio State that's or Clemson. Stupid. But, I mean, they're, yeah. they're just, they're, 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 they're right there. They're doing some yeah. good things. I mean, you know, Potato, potato. I mean, they got a hole here or there, but most part, they're doing some good things. But so, I, yeah, they, they still are who they are. But man, I tell you what, after that, what the Deontay Williams Big Mac sack, did it make it? It made it 24 to 3? Or what did it? Yes. Yeah, I believe that's right. And I think that's, that was at like the 12 minute mark or so of the second quarter. So that Big means, Mac sack. Yes. I mean, the first 18 minutes of that game, Nebraska. Kicked but Penn State's you-know-what. Kicked the keister, meester, you know? I mean, I think that's what the kids say when they're tucking smack to one another in various athletic competitions. What do you think, uh, what do you think James Franklin told his team at halftime? I told him we just got our fans whacked. Um, dripping with saliva. Going, I told hey, him we just got our fannies whacked. James Franklin, you're, uh... Your syrup, your cup of syrup, and orange juice to drink before you talk to the team. All right, he took his drink. All right, James Franklin, everybody. I told him we just got our fannies waxed. Yuck. Yucky. <laughs> Are we in Kentucky? Because that's yucky. That is super yucky right there. I told him we just got our fannies waxed. Um, but that first 18 minutes, they were like, yeah. you, you saw, like, some people's ceiling is not as high. Some teams' ceilings aren't as high as others, right? Like, now some people's, some teams' floors are are not as low as others. Like, Nebraska's certainly got a pretty good range there. But you saw for 18 minutes, like, man, when they kind of put all this together, whew, they're, they're, they look pretty good. I mean, because we can't lose sight of the fact, yes, Penn State's having a, a bad year, but this is still a really this is a team that has recruited at a pretty high level for the last handful of years. This is still a team that was in the preseason top 10. This was still a team that was thought of that that had a chance to make some noise this year. And Nebraska straight up popped them for the to, to start that game and ultimately held on to win. So the, the, all that is super duper encouraging. It was. And think about the fact that this is an 0-2 team. They're in a stadium with no fans, and it looked like with the way they were playing, it looked like it was a sellout. Yeah, I mean, it really did, and and that's what, I appreciate the audio and stuff that they pipe through because on the on the TV, it feels like it's a full house. Yes, but you know that they're playing in front of an empty stadium, like they are. Nebraska football players are now essentially playing in the D two state championship game at Memorial Stadium, <laughs> like. Yes, there's a might even be worse. It might even, the, might even be less people there. Yeah, there's Wilcox Hildreth or Loomis or somebody. 
they're playing there, and it's like even half of that town shows up. Like, that's, that's right. It. That's a, that's exactly right. Hardly anybody there, and they're you know getting their own energy up, and they're 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 bobbing and weaving and having fun. And it was cool. It was cool to see. But the other part of it too is. You know, I'll give Penn State credit in that they showed up in the second half. Yeah, like they're ready to go. Well, they could have folded it. So I, they could have folded it up. I, I was completely prepared for them to do that. They didn't, and then you know, Nebraska had to had to fight back and hold on there until the end. And yeah, there's no doubt that there was a little PTSD with Frost and the way that he was calling this game, mm-hmm. and the fact that they've only scored six points in the second half in the first three games isn't isn't good. But it's also an indication, at least in this game, that you know if you only have to score three to win in the second half, then you, you played well enough in the first half to be able to play a little conservatively. But they're going to have to find something else moving forward. Yeah. But at least what they found there was a, a way to win. And that's really all this comes down to. And the fact that you, you can't also overstate how nice it is to have someone that when you know you need to kick a field goal, he's going to kick the field goal. Yeah, it helps a like, little bit, doesn't it? Could you, have, could you have used that the last two or three years? Well, that's what – I mean, special teams were better yeah. on on Saturday. I mean, they were, Connor Cope was three for three on field goals. He had two punts downed inside the 20. The final punt with two minutes and 30 seconds left or so was boomed 53 yards, wasn't a shank. There was – a good job twice by Cam Taylor Britt on returns. And at the end of the second quarter, he kind of bailed back towards the sidelines and was able to catch a punt that was short and return it a ways up the sideline, the Nebraska sideline, to uh, to set up a field goal. And then he almost made a big play on the missed field goal return, like almost had a kick six Auburn recreation. So I thought special teams were better. Well, let's talk about Luke. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, he got off to a great start, didn't he? I mean, the first drive, he had the great, he had the great scramble throw to Austin Allen. Uh, he picked up a third and ten with his legs early after a false start on third and five, and he thought, "Here we go again." Um, and I, his his left handed pass to Marvin Scott, people like that wasn't just a cool play; it was third and nine. Marvin Scott picks up 14 yards and it kept a drive alive that led to a field goal. So like the thing that the thing that that Martinez is unpol or uh, McCaffrey's he's a little raw, he's he's kind of sloppy, uh he's not very polished, but he just has a way of making things happen. You know, he's a he's faster than Martinez. He he can hit those holes a little bit quicker. Uh but I just think there were a couple of plays where it's like, if Martinez is out there, I don't think he makes that left-handed throw to Marvin Scott. If Martinez is out there, I don't know if he picks up that third and ten with his legs on the on the on the first drive. That you know, those two plays kept drives alive that led to ten points. You know, and so he's still got a ways to go as a passer. And I thought he was really sloppy, like his his play action fakes and and stuff in the backfield he still is not very polished there but he makes things happen and the bottom line with him out there Nebraska won and you can tell there is like an energy and a charisma and a magnetic thing to him that is real so I, I mean I don't think we necessarily I don't I don't think we can start putting him in the Heisman conversation or thinking he's the next Patrick Mahomes but like he he was he, sh- he showed some some flashes of, of some good stuff. 
Penn State's offense in the first half uh, reminded me of Nebraska's offense in the fir- in, in the previous week and the week before. Yep. It was it was dink and dunk, and you know even as Kelly's watching it, going, "Oh, we keep giving up this, we keep giving up this." Said, "Well, they're going to have to put together a twelve or thirteen or fourteen play drive in order to score, and eventually they're going to make some sort of mistake. So what would happen? Penn State would either get a negative play or or a no gain play. Then you're behind the sticks you're behind schedule then there's a pick and that's really what has gotten Nebraska in trouble the first couple of games and and they weren't really behind schedule a lot in this game now I will say though that in the second half they started to revert back to their 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 former self a little bit and you look at the number of big plays and chunk plays those have got to get better and more frequent for Nebraska uh, there were a few of them, but there just aren't enough of them. I mean, you need at least, in my mind, at least six or eight, at the very least, chunk plays. I'm talking 20-plus yard plays per game, really. And I think this offense will get there. But McCaffrey was, uh, yeah, He's certainly fine. in the first half, yeah. he he looked like he was a wind-up toy that uh, was yeah. this new Christmas toy that just was getting wound up by a four-year-old for the first time. He was gone. Like yeah. he was ready to go and he gets that first drive and it was great. And he, even after that, he's setting up drives, but you know, you get that fumble return for a touchdown. You get a pick that sets up a field goal. You know, there's 10 of your points. It was complimentary football at its best. Yeah. Right. It's, it's complimentary football, but the offense has to, has to shoulder a little bit more of the load. And I'm sure they would be able to do that coming up uh, this week. So it's, yeah, it's something to something to build from. I thought he was, you know, like he was solid. He was fine for a redshirt freshman making his first start. He, you know, he he was good. I'm not ready to sit here and and be like, tell you what, Nebraska found their quarterback from for the next four years. Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I think Dirk has has kind of compared him to Taylor Martinez a little bit. That I think there's kind of a there's an unorthodox backyard football quality to him that can be boomer bust and we were doing the show together during the Taylor Martinez era and Taylor had a lot of boom and a lot of bust, even for his electric start to the 2010 season. Yeah. He lit the world on fire against Washington, against Kansas state. Mm -hmm. We're ready to shock the world, but people forget he got benched against South Dakota state at home. Like he got benched against Texas at home. Like the, the guy still had some limitations and I, I, I see some of that similar qualities to, to Luke a little bit like I think there's some stuff that Luke does that it's like you just can't teach it how can you teach a guy to hey as you're you're buying time and you're getting sacked throw it with your left hand to move that you know like there's some stuff he does that like I said there's a backyard football element to his improv stuff that's that's impressive but you know there's also he's not he he's not the most fundamentally sound guy and ultimately to beat good teams you know against Iowa Chick, he's going to have to be able to stand in the pocket and convert some third and and longs throwing the ball. You know, like yeah. you're going to have to. There's going to have to get have guys that get separation. I mean, they just don't have guys that can really do that or, or that are trusted to do that at this point. But I think you use the word limitations, and I was going to use that word in this context, that the difference is Taylor Martinez never really understood his limitations yeah. and played to his weaknesses too often where I think as long as Luke understands where his weaknesses are and continues to play to his strengths, which is, hey, if I don't see something or instead of forcing this throw or throwing it deep here or there, understanding your own offense's limitations, 
just run. Just go. Just make something happen. Take the path of least resistance. You'd rather take a two-yard gain than an eight-yard loss or a pick, and I think that's I think that's where he's at, totally and agree. I think coming from his family lineage, there's some intellect there that I think would lead you to believe he's going to make better decisions than maybe a Taylor Martinez did. But but in terms of the raw ability, it's there. You just need to to hone in a little bit. But there's a lot to, I guess, be excited about. And in fact, you're watching Adrian Martinez on the sideline. And you can almost see where this is headed. Like Kelly said, and I always bring up my wife because she's been a diehard yeah. Husker fan since birth, and we'll watch a game, and you can kind of get a feel for what Husker fans think at this time. And she goes, she goes, what does this mean for Adrian Martinez? And I said, well, I said, here's the good news about Adrian Martinez is whatever happens this year, you're not going to lose a year of eligibility. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's not going to blow a year on the sidelines. And then... If he doesn't start another game this year, he can make a decision at the end of the year and decide whether he wants to stay or transfer. And my hunch would be, if it goes this way, as long as Luke doesn't regress, that you could see where this is headed, that the the guy who was the guy when he set foot on campus and looked like a Heisman frontrunner, you could easily see him leaving the program yep. after this year. Yeah. And you wouldn't fault him. And, in fact, you would pat him on the back and thank him for everything he did. Not only that, for teaching Luke McCaffrey how to play the quarterback position. There are so many guys, you know it, even in sports media business, that feel threatened by other people. So they don't want to help that person out because that person might one day take their job. There's nothing that's more analogous or accurate for that statement than a quarterback talking to and helping out his backup, knowing that he's got the last name McCaffrey, he's got a bunch of stars next to his name, and he's the next big thing in the eyes of the media and the fans. Right. But Martinez is there, and there's shots of him screaming on the sideline and cheering him on, and whether he's faking it or not, you give him a standing own, you go, man, you're more of a man than I could be in that in that yeah. position, and that speaks volumes about Adrian Martinez. I totally agree. And, yeah, I'm not going to pretend to know him personally, but everything no. you hear about him – whether whenever I talk to Barrett or you hear Scott Frost talk about him and, or you just think about the fact that the guy was voted captain by his teammates, by all accounts, he's a great, he's a great dude. And I have all the confidence in the world that if he sits on the sidelines for the rest of the season, he's going to continue to be a great teammate. Now, once the season ends – if, in fact, Luke never relinquishes the starting spot, then, yeah, I mean, I think the writing's on the wall that this guy's probably going to look elsewhere. And that's not – I mean, listen, he – he I don't think he would hold any ill will. And I think – like, he, he had his opportunity. He had every t- opportunity in the world to be the guy and not lose that job, right? And so I, I think there's, there's a chance that's where it's heading. But, again, I didn't necessarily see enough from – Luke McCaffrey to think, well, Adrian better start looking elsewhere. Right, you know, like right. I mean, I, again, just I, I'm I was excited with Luke. I thought he did a lot of good things, and but I, I mean, I'm not ready to sit there and say that this is un, like 1,000 percent the dude moving forward. But you brought up a good point. Like the biggest differentiator between Taylor Martinez and Luke McCaffrey is his mind. Like I think I think Luke has a, has a as a a football intellect and a feel 
and a really a leaders a leadership personality that Taylor just didn't really have. And I think that'll serve him well. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what what ends up happening with with this quarterback spot. Um, but it was fun to see, it was fun to see some fresh blood out there and see what Luke could do. Yeah, I mean Taylor Martinez could excite you with his ability. Uh, Luke McCaffrey just excites you with his presence. Yes, just with him, just with him being there, and and that's a you know, real that, thing. You know, like, yeah. that's a real thing. Like the quarterback, the the ability to impact others. You know, you don't need your you don't need Deontay Williams to necessarily be just an unbelievable charismatic guy. No, you don't really. You just need him to kind of do his job. Like quarterbacks, the one position, like you have to impact everyone else. And I don't think there's any question that Luke, you can feel that with Luke. And in a year where there aren't any fans in the stands, you know, that's, yes. that's important to yep. kind of fr- no create that, create that energy on the field. Um, so anyway, yeah, that was, uh, it's a, it's a good win because it's a win. And so you take it, you move on and you say, all right, what's, what's going to happen next? I think this season, though, in the Big Ten has gone exactly like we had thought with this weekend, the marquee games coming up, Ohio State taking on Indiana (laughs) and Wisconsin facing Northwestern, uh, both for the driver's seat in the respective divisions. Like this is crazy. This is this is where you're at. And you just saw Michigan get housed by Wisconsin and, you know, Nebraska fans can complain about the state of their program. The last thing you want to be is in year six with your hometown hero coming home and looking like a rudderless ship. Yeah, that's what the, this is. Year three for Nebraska, and you can see signs, and and everyone around the program can see. And you're just holding out. Okay, when's it coming? Okay, maybe this is it. Maybe this is it. Michigan's been waiting for six years. I don't uh, for that, and now they look lost. And now who the heck knows what, what becomes of Jim Harbaugh, if not after this year, after next year? I don't understand. that. That like, I'll raise my hand, and I was dead wrong. I thought with 95% certainty that Jim Harbaugh was going to work at Michigan. Now, I, work, what does that mean? I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't think they'd be like this six years in. And it's hard to explain. It really is. And, man, I for anyone that didn't watch – the first half of the of the Michigan Wisconsin game, especially the first quarter, I can't even begin to explain to you how awful Michigan looked. I mean, they looked they looked uninspired, weak, uh, like they had zero interest in being there. And that's the one thing about like this season with COVID and all that stuff. Like football is a sport that you can't play half hearted. Like, you either want to be there or you don't. Football will reveal your intentions right away. And it was pretty clear between Wisconsin and Michigan which team wanted to be there and which team didn't. And I just never would have thought that a Jim Harbaugh team would be like that. And I just, how does, how can Michigan and Jim Harbaugh not find a a great quarterback? Like, I don't, I don't, how? Yeah. I don't get it. Maybe it says a lot that a, that a McCaffrey is shining for Nebraska and another McCaffrey transferred from Michigan. Yeah, yeah, I I, mean, right. I don't know. know. I, I mean, you know, Dylan was okay. I don't know how good he was going to be this year. Would have been cool to eventually see the McCaffrey brothers go toe to toe like the Mannings. Am I right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's go, crazy, go through man. the list of Michigan quarterbacks and you say, how how does that happen? And they've switched coordinators before and they've had, there's just been some turnover and. 
I don't, I don't know. It, that, that's, that's a thing that it starts at the top. I mean, this is a purely a Harbaugh thing. The program just isn't responding to him. But you think about it, how close you are and how short your windows of opportunity are. The stop against Ohio State, where it looked like they were going to have an opportunity to uh, – I'm sorry, I just watched Arizona catch a Hail Mary – Against the Bills. It just happened. I just oh, lost no. my train of thought with a second left. This is absurd. Kyler oh, Murray no. Sorry, just Bill. You're, hit you're DeAndre Bills Hopkins guy. with a second left. They're going to kick the PAT and go up three with one second left. How does that happen? Mm-hmm. How does this continue to happen? What are you doing? Bat it down. Bat it down. you got to bat it down, like Tom Jackson used to say. No, but you, you were saying, I'll finish uh, your point as you say? cry. You're... you're you go back to the the Ohio State Michigan game yes. where it was inches. I mean, Michigan was inches J- away. J T Barrett, if yep. he gets stopped on that fourth down, Michigan is likely, in all likelihood, going to the college football playoff. Right. You go back to the second half two seasons ago, when Michigan goes into Columbus and they're favored, and Ohio State just ran them out of the building. But in the, I mean, that was a game in the third quarter, and then it just snowballed. But there are moments where you go, okay, you're right there. And then it gets away from you. But since that stop against JT Barrett, you look at the win-loss. Ohio State has taken off, and Michigan has been mediocre at best. And I, I just I read a story just this morning, I think, about the numbers that, that dictate it. And I don't think Michigan's recovered from that. And so you say, okay, what does that mean moving forward? I don't want to talk about Michigan for 12 minutes here. No, but, it's, yeah, but, it, I mean- but you look at the Big Ten, and you see programs that – might have made it and now are coming back. Here, look at look at Minnesota. Good year last year. Okay, how much staying power do they have? Maybe their window was a little bit was a little bit smaller. You look at Michigan State. You know, Michigan State. A couple. I mean, Michigan State's just a a few years. I mean, was it 2017? They were in the college football playoff. Michigan. Michigan or, or State. 2016, maybe. Um, I can't remember which one it was. It might have been 2015. Yeah, so maybe it's a little yeah, further Michigan, to go. Michigan so. State was in the playoff. A little little flash there. We'll see if they come back. Uh, we obviously know what Illinois is, but Northwestern has staying power. Northwestern is going to be here for a while. They've been here for a while. Wisconsin, obviously, Iowa, it, Nebraska just needs to get in that conversation of teams that are just there teams that you just know what to expect and you're just reloading on what you have every year. And that's what those programs are doing. So hopefully, hopefully they can do that. What else? That's pretty much it. I mean, there's Will Will Muschamp just got fired from South Carolina. So that, that just happened. Yeah. Not surprising. Um, I mean, there's money everywhere. Do you feel like, I mean, I I just, I was talking to somebody and it, it kind of feels like College football is becoming, especially this year, and this year is bizarre to begin with, but it feels like there's Bama, outside of Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, and I suppose you could throw Georgia in there if you wanted to. Maybe throw Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame's not bad. feels like everybody else is really flawed and really could lose on any night to anybody. Like, I'm not sure there's – I mean, I, I feel like there was a time where – and maybe it's just a product of this season where, like, you know, you could go – Eight, nine, ten teams deep, and it felt like you know those teams are are definitively better than everybody else. I don't know. I don't outside of the the titans of the sport right now. I just I think there's there's a separation with those teams, and then everybody else feels like anything can happen on any. Yeah, and and I don't know that it's been that much different the last few years. Yeah, right. I mean, it's you know even last year was you want to be that number one seed so you can play the four because whoever the four is it's not going to be that great well what was it lsu oklahoma and boom that was it ohio state had to play clemson and we all know what happened there so 
Yeah, I mean, you look at it, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. Yeah, and you could throw, I mean, they beat Clemson, so you have to throw Notre Dame in there, although I would still say take Clemson on a yeah, neutral field I mean, after that. But then, you know, you go down the list, A&M's got one loss. They could be there at the end, sitting there, not in the SEC championship game. The Florida-Alabama thing will sort itself out. That's, you know, this Indiana-Ohio State game, I don't think is going to be, you know, a one-possession game in the fourth, but at least we'll get to find out. At least we'll get to find out this weekend. But, yeah, Georgia, Oklahoma State, who who are these teams after that? The question has been about do you move the college football playoff back? That was a big topic yep. this week. Bob Bullsby said, hey, we're talking about it and, and all this. And, you know, to me it was just a big – nothing burger a lot of empty calories i don't i don't really feel like any of that's going to happen nor does it need to happen now like you could wait until december 12th or 13th the week of the conference championship games and if those games get delayed or those games can't be played because of covid and we say okay we need to push back the game in atlanta we need to push back the big 10 championship game because those are de facto play-in games or those are going to be paramount to what happens to the the playoff and that inclusion then then yeah, maybe we get to that point. But not all of these games need to be played. No. Like, the, the, you know, we don't need all of these games played. We just need the important ones to be played to get to the playoff. And I think delaying it, you know, we've seen what happened to the Big Ten and Pac-12 when you st- start to delay things. Now look where you're at. You get into real big problems. So get it in, see what you can do. And if you have to at the last minute, then have a contingency plan. Yeah, I don't that. think you need to make that decision right now. I mean, I think it's something that should maybe be in the back of your head, forecasting it down. What if, if this, then were we willing to do that? I mean, maybe, but you don't need to, you don't need to make that, that decision right now. I mean, shoot, we're still, we're still a month away from when I would think you would really have to make that call. So yeah, I, but I, I'm totally with you. I uh, I don't think you got to make that decision now. I don't think they need to. I don't think they will. And um, uh, but I wouldn't mind expansion. But that's not going to happen either. So yeah, I mean we'll just we'll just push this thing along and get to the end of the season and see what happens and see if Nebraska's in there, huh? I tell you what. I mean, all of a sudden now you sit there and you know I mean this is classic like Nebraska. Like you all of a sudden look at Nebraska you're like I mean man have they, I mean you look at their two losses like have they just did they maybe just have a a crappy start to the season from the standpoint of who they played you know I mean you play Ohio State who we've said is one of the you know just I mean they're one of the three giants in the sport right now I don't think Northwestern's that good but they keep on winning and at this point they're in a great spot to potentially win the West like maybe maybe Nebraska's a little bit a, a little bit better or not. I shouldn't say a little, they're not as bad as maybe we all thought they were a week ago. You know, the only team that had a more difficult two game stretch to begin the season was Penn state. Penn state had Indiana and Ohio state and we saw what happened to them. Then they had Maryland and lost that one. So I think you put, you put most of the big 10 teams and give them that schedule. It would have been zero and one, maybe zero and two, but thankfully for Nebraska, it's not 0-3. Um, I, would, I do like the fact, though, that the Big Ten has said, hey, if we have games canceled, if you have enough time, you can reschedule and try and play another team yeah, that next weekend. Smart. So, you know, I know Dirk puts out the joke, hey, Northwestern this week could say, sorry, we can't play. We have a COVID outbreak. They don't play Wisconsin. Yet they go on to win. The uh, Could you imagine the, that? To win out. Because what's the rest of their schedule? It's Michigan State, Minnesota, and Illinois. Like, if you don't play Wisconsin, 
you're going to win the West. That's what it is. I mean, honestly, that is that is the equivalent of on the Price is Right when someone bids five hundred dollars, you bid five hundred and one dollars. You're like, you jerk, <laughs> you That's jerk. Gonna gonna game close up system. shop and prepare for my kid's future. That's We're it. gonna be. We're going to be done, but yeah, but I, but I think in that vein, if that were to happen this week, if Northwestern said, "Sorry, we can't play," you know, the Big Ten could say, "Well, why don't you, Illinois, why don't you go catch COVID and see if Nebraska can play with Wisconsin this week?" <laughs> you know, that might happen. But if Indiana were smart, they might come down with a little illness this week, it, right? Yeah, might not. Eh. Not feeling the best. You know what? We're orange red. We are a little orange red there, Ryan Day. Feeling real orangey and ready today. <laughs> you feel a little uh, go big orange? I mean, go big red? Yes. 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 So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, uh, everyone gets their gets their games you in. Would um, hope so. I, all right, let's wrap up with our. Uh, I mean, we we just gotta. I mean, we might as well. Let's know, do, do it, it, man. After games, coaches get drunk. On emotion. Uzbekistan. Coach Frost is no different. Are you by yourself? <laughs> I'm sitting in the press box. Uh, by yourself? The Chicken Nick Show presents another edition of Scotch Frost. Alright. I don't want this to become this Every single week, and believe me when I say I completely get it if the subject of this doesn't want to be a part of this anymore. But also let me say, like, this is really, really fun as we listen to (laughs) our good friend, (laughs) Scotch Frost, along with Mitch Bourbon. Uh, Mitch Sherman, The Athletic. Hey, Scott. Can you... Uh, talk about how how Luke played today, and uh, just that decision to to go with him. Yeah, that decision is one of the hardest decisions I've ever made. Um, I think so much of who Adrian Martinez is as a football player and as a person. Um, he's been through a lot with this. Uh, he he certainly practiced well enough to play, uh, so it was a tough decision. Um, we went with Luke. I thought, it, considering it was his first start, he did an, a lot of really good things, and there's a lot there to build on. Uh, but we have two unbelievable individuals uh, at that position and I, I was happy for Luke today okay, all right. oh, just my hammered. favorite part without a question is this yeah that decision is one of the hardest decisions I've ever made <laughs> so I good it, I bet it was I bet it was so was it uh was it really one of the hardest decisions you've ever had to make? Yes! Uh, yes. Just making sure. Just making sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else? Speak now. Forever hold your uh, your silence here. I feel good about what we just did, Matt. I really do. The podcast is over. We're done. And as always, this uh, podcast brought to you by 
Big Mac sacks. Big Mac sack. I'm not happy about that. Chicken Nick. Yes. Chicken Nick. Yes. Chicken Nick show. Yes. Here we go. Yes! Ahura Media Production.